Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast that's basically a commercial for a mini pad discussing the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 86th episode in the series, Stan Takes a Wife. <laughs> just, I, as soon as you said that intro, I just thought of like blue liquid flowing. Oh, yeah, in an 80s oh my commercial. god, me too. <laughs> Oh God, we're so fucked up that that's. The I know we're so trained. Oh my God. Um, hey, before we get into uh, Stan taking a wife, I think we'd be remiss if we did not say anything about the late great Betty White. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we People released magazine. You'll be hearing from my attorney. <laughs> <laughs> so we released, um, you know, and. Uh, our fan episode uh, last week, which was amazing, just mere hours, obviously, was scheduled to go to go uh, when we all heard the news on New Year's Eve. And um, we thought that was like a great tribute of having like the fan centric episode uh, happen like right after it. But I do, you know, I do want to just call attention to the fact that all four of the Golden Girls have now passed on. And it's uh, it's a lot. It's heavy. Yeah, it is. It's also wild that um, both the Golden Girls, the full ensemble, and the Mary Tyler Moore show, and that Betty White was the last of both of those two iconic casts. Absolutely. Ooh. And, like, think, I, I, I don't know the Mary Tyler Moore show, because this is not a Mary Tyler Moore podcast, but, um, you know, for those who don't know, <laughs> Betty White was the oldest, far and away the oldest of all of them, which is just fascinating when you really think about it, um, of that, you know, she was the, the late survivor. Um yeah. I do want to bring up, you know, there's there's been a lot of chatter, obviously, about People Magazine and <laughs> approaching, you know, she's uh, just a mere, what, 18 days shy of her 100th birthday. And... There are literal jokes on the Golden Girls about, like, not surprising an old, like, a 100-year-old with a surprise birthday party, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, yeah. I mean, that was a great one, but I wanted to bring up the 100 bottles of beer on the wall scene. <laughs> Yeah, just drives you nuts doesn't it dorothy i mean i actually use that today in a slack thread to one of my coworkers to explain (laughs) because she was talking about how sad it was that she didn't reach her birthday you know but it was like a good prank kind of thing and i was like literally it is this scene (laughs) two (laughs) bottles of beer you get down just the very end and you don't go and she's like just drives you nuts doesn't it and it was just such a perfect encapsulation especially it being like a rose scene you know and yeah <laughs> and just what a rose scene like the the sing-songiness the cheerfulness and then just this like twinge of comedic spite <laughs> and as she exits the room I mean ugh, it's perfect yeah 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 and I think um that is a good that's really like it's a fan-centric way to look at it you know it's like it's what? uh it is. It does feel very appropriate. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I think we talk a lot about the four actresses themselves playing these characters on this podcast, and, and we will continue to do so until the very end. But, um, you know, Betty White in particular, and we talk about this a lot with Kate Brown and just mentioning her character of how on the surface it's very you know archetypal it's very classic stereotypical she's the dumb one like easy you know and it's but it's not that and all of all of you fans listening know this <laughs> and any any fan of the golden girls that just goes a little bit deeper know this that rose is really complicated in a lot of ways and i think 
a lot of that complication and the nuance of the character in terms of like how angry she can get and how frustrated Mm -hmm. and how much she expects of the world um, and how caring she is, but how afraid she is of a lot of things, all of that, like in, in a, in a lesser actress's hands would just not come through. And I really think Betty White deserves a ridiculous amount of credit for playing Rose the way she did, especially the fact that, you know, she basically traded her like a trading card with Rue McClanahan at the yeah. outset of the series. Um, yeah. So I think Betty White played Rose as naive and not as dumb. And I think yes. that it easily could have been like, like, I hate to use this word, but like, you know, like a bimbo character and like, it's not, Rose is not at all that, you know, like she's right. so, you were talking about the nuances and I noticed something, um, I think, I can't remember what episode it was, but Rose is rattling off everything she ate that day. And uh, it's like a ton of, it's like crazy sweet stuff. It's like, or I think it's um, Oreos <laughs> in yeah. fruit cocktail full syrup. syrup. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> but even that, how much of a sweet tooth she has and how, sort of like immature her food choices are like that's layered into like that's a character trait of Rose Island and yes I feel like um you know in addition to just being so funny all the time like she really there's layers in that performance (laughs) absolutely absolutely and just you know you've you've mentioned this before too of just uh physical comedy and how I mean again all four of the girls do this but I think Betty White just has this ability to you know be a physical presence on on the on the set i was gonna say on the stage on the stage too (laughs) but um yeah she just there there's an element about the rose character and obviously like you know using her body and making fun of her full bosom and all that kind of stuff but even just fainting and you know when she gets really riled up and like bending over and all that you know i mean we'll we'll see that uh shortly in in the the football episode but you know (laughs) yeah I always think of um, I always think of Dreyfus chasing her while she's in the the (laughs) costume yeah you don't associate at least I don't think of Betty White as like a physical comedian like even like a you know but she she can really do it all so we're very grateful and I feel like she you know she seems this is maybe a um you know, a heavy assumption to make about somebody who I've never met, but she seems very <laughs> satisfied with her life and like so accomplished with her career, obviously. But even, you know, yeah. when she was interviewed in these later years, she just seemed like so content. And I feel like, you know, that's a nice thing to be at 99. <laughs> I mean, it's just a nice thing to be at any age, right? Right, like, true. Yeah. Just, no, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think um, let's let's get back to Stan taking a wife. Back to the stick man. <laughs> Back to the stick man. <laughs> All right, should we start from the top here? Yeah, okay. So first ob- observance of mine, um, observation. Um, <laughs> I noticed that they don't have a dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Can you confirm yeah. that? I, I, I'm I almost positive that they do not. I mean, given like all four, of the washing scenes. <laughs> right. Four adults in the house, I feel like that would be a lot of dishes. But I also think like... My parents got a dishwasher like after this time, <laughs> so right. I yeah, think that yeah, that's yeah. not you know. No, I don't think a... it's weird that they don't have one. I'm just like you're just. Commenting. I'm imagining the dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now, as you're setting up your new space, you're just like, yeah, what exactly. would I do without this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 
Lauren has a new place, everyone. Get get really excited for her. It's awesome. I also have COVID. So. <laughs> <laughs> you win some, you lose some. Yeah, I'm vaccinated and boosted. Please get boosted. <laughs> yes, seriously. Oh my God. Um, well, what's funny is that you go to the no dishwasher thing. My first note is that even though Blanche clearly got ditched, we all can agree, the difficulty of if something happened while What's-His-Name went to go park the car and not having a cell phone is, like, so perfect for this time. I know. You know? And that, yeah. that was my first thought of, like, yes, clearly she got ditched, but, like, like if, if something had come up or, like, if he got hurt or, like, whatever happened around the corner, or, like, there's no way to, like, contact people or if he had to leave or, yeah, I, I can't even think of a scenario, but it was just, like, one of those things where it's, like, well, now you don't know. <laughs> I know. Is it busy? Yeah, like you could be, you would not be in contact with your spouse like from the when they left for work until they like got home from work in a lot of cases, you know, I like know. what, a, what exactly. a foreign concept. <laughs> but even just, I remember like meeting people in college who like didn't have cell phones. And it was like one time I, I remember very distinctly, I didn't have my cousin's cell phone or he didn't have one and he was like coming down from Fordham University to like visit me in the big city at Union Square and it was like I told him to like meet me directly in front of like Virgin Megastore (laughs) you know and it was like way past the time and I was going to go somewhere else or whatnot I went to eat somewhere and I wrote him a note in chalk big on the side of Virgin Megastore that was like Matt R like (laughs) if you're here I'm at this diner on this corner kind of thing it was like it was the Matt and like it didn't work because he actually had like turned around and like got lost and then went back (laughs) and like couldn't contact me until he got back this is all very New York (laughs) but it was still yeah it was just one of those things where you're just like well what are you gonna do you're gonna leave a note or you do the thing where you're like okay I'm at you know such and such corner uh between four and six or you know whatever it is and it's just it just you know takes me back (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a different time it's a different time so so anyway but blanche got ditched that's the point yeah and sunny bono too there's a good sunny bono dig in there (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) um, (laughs) yeah it's great i think it's funny because in this episode like i i'm like i'm i don't know i'm like neutral on stan i'm not like I, I like him. I, I err towards the side of liking him more than disliking him or being annoyed by him. But that's because I like everybody on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but but I'm not like a super fan, you know, I guess, of Stan. And I think because I think he's, you know, he's a mediocre white man. He annoys the fuck out of me in a lot of ways. But but I do think that, you know, he, he really shines in this episode. And that's the point, of course. But of course, I love how he seems like he's got his shit more together when he shows up at their door this time and then immediately out of his mouth is like yeah I heard from some dame shrink that chicks really eat that stuff up. <laughs> and it's kind of perfect because it's just it's like no 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 it's still him <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't totally. don't forget but it is funny that that line comes early on and not in the style of you know future wedding where he sort of ruins it all at the end by being himself right yeah, I, okay, so I totally agree with your assessment of Stan as a whole, and this is a little bit cynical, but in my notes I have, like, Dorothy's flip-flopping on being in love with Stan because he was, like, mean to some hospital workers, you know? It's like, it, I, I get it, and I get that she's, like... <laughs> that is, like, that is reductionist, but it's accurate. <laughs> right, that's fair. But, like, you know, she's so... 
I get it. Like she's in a vulnerable place. It's frustrating when you're not getting someone to answer your questions. Like yeah. obviously there's a lot there about like healthcare in general and all of that, but it's, I don't know. It feels, it's a little toxic masculinity. It's like, I need a man yes. to come in and yell at people to get some answers. And like, well, yeah, it's so interesting. You bring that up. Cause at that moment I was like, yes, the doctor was being a dick. Like there, there was no yeah. need for that, but Dorothy doesn't even have a chance. I watched that scene carefully and it's like Stan pops up and I'm not saying he's speaking for her because I think he is speaking emotionally and he's not he's not like reading the room or like giving her a chance but there was this element of like Dorothy absolutely could handle that guy by herself. You know what I mean? And I guess the point of the scene is that she is in too vulnerable of a position and I feel the same way and as we all know I relate the most to Dorothy and I do feel that I can come out swinging with the best of them, tell people off. But if I am really feeling vulnerable, all it's going to do is make me burst into tears, you know, right? Like before yeah. I could fight back. So I, I kind of see that in that scene, but, <laughs> but you're right. It is, it does have this sort of stink of like, good thing the man was here. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I totally hear what you're saying. And I think that's like fair and right. It's not like, and that's why I don't just like flat out not like it because yeah and he he it's not like he's just like being a dick to be a dick or you know like oh no, it, yeah it's, it's you're right education right but it is just like i don't know you can't take the, the gender roles out of it <laughs> correct yeah it, it can't be removed and there is a degree of i always have complicated feelings about the fact that on, on kind of two levels for the scene where she basically is like i want to be alone mm-hmm. and then he like stays <laughs> goes right. back you know um and not her best friends right and it's like there's this i i i am <laughs> a very direct person as you know i do not like playing games so i would never be the kind of person to say i want to be alone which is actually code for please stay with me you know right. like i would really tell people what i actually thought <laughs> and right. so i i kind of read it in this interesting way of like okay her best friends like trust her what she when she says she wants to be alone and they leave her alone and then you know like i guess stan's being nice and it's not like he like barges in or something like that and she does ask him to stay but it's like it's just interesting it's not that she can't change her mind but like there is that element of like it does it's presumptuous yeah Yeah, it's presumptuous but but yeah right and it's also though like this moment of like oh in these moments which i kind of think is the anti this show of like you need your significant other there right as opposed to like your best friends in these moments and i think that that's what that's kind of what I just like dislike and again talking about the no cell phones thing like Rose and Blanche have to show up the next morning on the way to work like yeah. there's no other way to contact you know what I mean or like check yeah. in I think it's fascinating um but it's like they kind of just come in casual and like stands there for all the heavy stuff and again yes that's how the episode is written that is the point but it's just a it's an interesting reading uh you know again we've talked about it many times of like sort of friendships v romantic relationships and where like tensions uh come from there you know um, right it's right. Just i totally i think that's i think that's a really interesting observation it kind of like shines a light on dorothy and stan at the expense of dorothy and rose and blanche which yes. i think we well you put. and i agree would not we would never go for that <laughs> yeah, yeah. we would never <laughs> yeah like, we're not gonna go for that um so i 
like let's talk more about the scene of the doctor being a dick um one uh, it's not even COVID 19 yet and like they can't see her at all yeah <laughs> like, i'm really confused <laughs> Like, you're telling me my mother's going to die, maybe, and I can't, like, see her at all? Even just one person? It just seems it seems odd. I don't know hospital protocol, but, uh, you know, could just be a thing. You got, you got a I mean, window? she's not in surgery. Yeah, it, feels, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it does feel crazy. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Like, I assume she's on some sort of breathing machine for pneumonia. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's just so funny. And it's also uh, extremely hard to take the doctor seriously when there's not, not the mean doctor, the, like, the good doctor in the beginning where he's like you know we're doing all we can but it's very serious blah blah um like this dorky toucan painting in the background <laughs> like on the wall <laughs> just like hey guys we're in miami this is what's in the hospital but it's just so funny because if you go back and watch that scene it's like the serious doctor face close up and then just toucan <laughs> like, yeah. over his shoulder it's really it's really great <laughs> A lot of doctors in that hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I also love that, like, nice doctor comes back and it's just the other doctor doing his dirty work for him, getting yeah. shoot out by Stan. <laughs> Get out of here, dickhead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, everything about it is just wonderful. Like, you know, I hate waiting. I hate hospitals. I hate when people put each other down on love connections. <laughs> Speaking of amazing Betty White. Yeah. Oh my god but, and the plain sweater the plain sweater the yes plain exactly sweater oh it's so great it's so great um one more note about the hospital um or that the, the hospital scene where you know like dorothy and stan are there like b arthur wakes up she actually like i it was amazing acting i thought of like think about one at least for me acting is impossible <laughs> anytime i like pretend to try to do something like oh maybe i could act that scene i like if I watched myself, I would laugh so hard. It would be worse than Phyllis Hemero, you know, like just really bad. But like, I actually think one of the hardest things would be to like pretend to wake up like mm. naturally, right? Because it sounds simple, but it seems like something that you would always be able to be like, you're faking it. <laughs> you're faking yeah, it. You're faking yeah, it. That's, and, that's often bad in TV. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It's like, too, it's either too fast or too slow or whatever. I actually think she does an incredible job waking up. Like, so I, I literally mm. was like, what an actor. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that is a real acting skill for totally, sure. Totally, totally. It's great. And then just to call attention to the end of where, you know, Dorothy's leaving and, and Stan goes, go ahead, I'll clean up. Oh my I notice this every time. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm going to say. He doesn't do anything. Like it's he has. There's nothing to do. First of all, there's two takeout containers that he needs to stack and put in the garbage. But he just sort of stands there and he like <laughs> pokes one and moves the other really slow. Like it's kind of funny because it, it, to me, I think Stan Edelman must have thought like the cut was not including his hands. So it's just sort of him bending over a table pretending right. to act, but it's like the full thing. And you're like, you're doing nothing. Stan. It's really, yeah. it's kind of like, it's a goof, you know, it's kind of like a filming goof, but it's really amusing. And I, I think, I think I caught that like way early on watching this episode and every time I laugh. Yeah, it's funny that I actually, I think I forgot to look for that in this one, but that is like, I do feel like, you, also... you know, fans talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, it's really great. Oh my God. Oh. Um, one little like plot note. So Stan yeah. says, when, before, obviously like when he comes in to tell him the story, he says they decided on a spur of the moment wedding, which is a week from when he's telling them. Yes. 
I was like, I don't know. I feel like elopements are like tradition. Like you would traditionally just like elope. Like you don't, I don't know. It feels like a weird middle ground. I'm happy for them doing what they want. But then the other thing is, is that he said the kids are going to try and fly in. Yeah. Um, which is the only time I feel like something like this happens where obviously none of the families is present for these scenes, but they right. address it, you know, like they're trying to get out ahead of yeah. it, which I thought was interesting because like they never bothered to do that any other time. Absolutely. Exactly. It like lends a little bit of the like continuity credence to it of like reality of right. like, are you going to invite your kids? <laughs> you know, right. Like, it's, yeah, it's like a little bit of lip service. And then it's like, all right, we handle it. Good deal. Yeah, check. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. But it's, yeah, it's just, um, <laughs> it's it's the classic theme of like, we, you know, we always have weddings here and then they're always last minute. And yet they seem to be impeccably planned because Catherine's got a full wedding dress and it's in a hotel and Dorothy's invited and people, you know, like there's a lot of details. That have been worked out in a week. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, guys. Like, yeah. Gotta, like, you're not getting married at the park with like four people. You know what I mean? Like, that right. You it seems together to be a full affair. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. truly, truly, you know, to the point where like the bride is like hiding in a hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really exactly. great. Eating the pot. I oh. love that. Oh my God. I love so much when the bartender's talking to Dorothy and he's like going to cut her off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll tell you when Fine. I'm done. It's your life. <laughs> so good. That's also is, great, like, too, uh, where he's like, then take a quarter and call a shrink. This ain't cheers. Yeah. That guy's really good. <laughs> he is really good. And I will say, although he's like, you know, I guess you could call him like a stereotypical, like sassy black man. This is the uh, one of the instances where there is a character who is black who where race is not mentioned at yeah. all, yeah, which is one of the few <laughs> times on this show, honestly, you know, it's like there, yeah, there's true. always some sort of dig, you know, whatever it is, um, or reference at some point. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, <laughs> low bar yeah. for impressive, but it's impressive nonetheless. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't had considered that. You're right. <laughs> And he, like, he's another of those, like, man, that's, like, a great side character. And and I think Catherine is, too, of, like, the actress who plays her is really great. The, actress who play, the actor who plays the bartender is really great. And it's one of those, like, oh, man, can't we use them again? <laughs> you know, like, they were just for that one scene. It's really fascinating. Wait, I have a quick thing on Catherine. Um, yeah. I know we're jumping around a little bit. But does she give you Winnie Green vibes at all? I feel like she has, like, a very similar-shaped oh. face. And I was, like... Maybe that's an Easter egg of like, you know, Stan has a type. I might have been, I'm sure I was thinking too heavily oh about that, but. That's really hilarious. I can see that. I really can see that. That's really funny. Um, did you look up the ath- actress who plays uh, Catherine, you know? Like, I mean, maybe it's her mom or something. No, they're not. I, I did do some digging. I didn't find any relation. That's but... <laughs> really hilarious. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that though. And there's like this. I don't know. It's also because they're sort of skinny and svelte and they have like a little bit of like a I don't know, like a delicateness to them. Yeah, and their, you could their say Sam has a type. Yeah, I guess Chrissy doesn't go. really fit, but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Chrissy, Chrissy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> but, but jumping back though. Um, well actually no. Like let's 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 focus right there. So in that bar scene, and again, I know we're jumping jumping around. The, the actress who plays Catherine is great and she's going on about all this other stuff and there's this whole, 
you know, the whole conceit of the scene is she doesn't know it's Dorothy and she's talking right about her. Oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. But then when Dorothy comes back and, you know, says her whole speech about like what she thinks Dorothy would do, that is literally what they do at the end of My Best Friend's Wedding, my favorite rom-com of all time. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Are you familiar with that? You know, I... she, she does her speech and she says like, you know, I had the strangest dream and she tells the story of what happened during the movie and like she's telling it in this sort of like third person but it's like a wink wink to to obviously the only two other people or three other people in the room who know what happened and the way that Dorothy does the speech is a wink wink to the audience in that exact same regard so I move for the fact that my best friend's wedding stole their (laughs) their shtick from this scene inspired by (laughs) inspired by i mean and it makes sense that they're you know it's my favorite rom-com of all time yeah for sure it really does that must be it (laughs) that must be it yes exactly it's kind of like when i was like why do i like arrested development so much and then i realized it was by mitchell hurwitz (laughs) perfect anyway i just wanted to bring that up because (laughs) i i think it's a really good device um and i think Again, the the fact that they're sitting at the bar so they don't have to look at each other and they're looking at, you know, the fourth wall, which is us, and like eating popcorn. And she's just so casual as she's sort of having these realizations as she's having a conversation with Catherine. And it, it just works really, really well. And it's very sweet and and also cool. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Dorothy gets to be cool because like there's this woman who's super intimidated by her and it's really awesome I I, yeah, I just really I really sweet. love it yeah yeah I love it too and I also think that um the retort of Catherine being like no she wouldn't and Dorothy being like yes she would I think that that <laughs> adds it's so funny and that like is the perfect way to end the scene I think that exchange yeah. is is so well done of course you love it because she says i'm a leo we're all very sure of ourselves i know and the whole thing is all very leo like (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, it's amazing lauren's a leo yeah (laughs) that hasn't been obvious (laughs) yeah i know exactly i know we're aries and leo and it's just like my favorite thing ever about about i know it's very it's a lot of power (laughs) it's a lot of power (laughs) all right well let's let's flash back to the very beginning where we got into this mess um (laughs) <laughs> because <laughs> I I just want to call attention to making love in a closet. I was choked, laughing so hard. It's just like that's a pinnacle <laughs> of delight <laughs> for Sophia. It's really amazing. Um, also, one of my favorite lines and like just way that dialogue plays and the characters play off each other and timing, especially definitely the best one in this entire episode in my opinion but definitely one of my favorites of all time is the whole sequence of like Dorothy should I get Sophia a glass of water no Rose you should sit here and let her hack herself to death are you sure get the water it's really everything about it is my favorite and I I guffaw every time yeah no there's a there's a lot of uh funny bits in the scene in the kitchen um I also yeah love when um Sophia's like oh what's he gonna do come over and spank me when Dorothy's yeah. threatening to tell her doctor and then Blanche is so good her retort about if he does tell him to come to my room it's like you expect oh that obviously but the delivery it doesn't matter like we talk about um you know how these words appear one way in the script and on the page and obviously they're funny and the writing is is top but the delivery adds something that like is just 
so valuable in some scenes. And I think that this is one of them. Because, like, you know, we could all predict oh, yeah. that Landry was going to say, but who could say, like, Rue McClanahan? Oh, my God. And, like, <laughs> but, like, the speaking of physical comedy, like, she's licking the spoon or, oh my like, God. a measuring cup or whatever. <laughs> and just, yeah. yeah, I mean, it is, like, so sexualized and just, like, she's exasperated with horniness. <laughs> and, like, yeah. it's really, oh God. it's really amazing. But, yeah, I think that that, I mean, also just, like, another hat tip to another uh line floating around you know after betty white passed was talking about how you know she and all the other girls could like read like read those words on the page of the script like you were just saying and just do something different with it like someone was referencing um where the script just said oh dot oh dot oh like oh 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 and of course that's the scene where rose is like oh 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 you know? <laughs> and like and they basically were like no one coached her on that like she just read those oh, words God. and decided that that's how it should be and it's just exceptionally funny um but yeah i mean there's all of that and like i can only imagine like the even if it says like dorothy interrupts rose and says get the water in a loud tone you know like yeah, even if it's right. like super guidance like it's just like it's perfect when it all plays together and rose's face and again going back to like the nuance of rose's character it's like yeah she wants to help but she also knows that like this is dorothy's mother and dorothy's running the show and she's sort of in charge and she doesn't want to overstep she doesn't want to do anything wrong like there's so (laughs) many things there going on in that very simple exchange but it's just it's amazing and hilarious yeah yeah okay and i also i want to talk about stan coming to like you know buy the ring or whatever for Catherine it is a little suspicious I would say that he comes in and then all of a sudden all the girls are like his best friends and like they're gonna go ring shopping with him oh man I'll help too it's just like what I just it's wrote like more women doing work for mediocre I, men right I mean and it does make sense that he would have no female friends like given Anymore. what we know about him totally but they're not friends. Oh, God. It's a... That's a plot hole for you. <laughs> I mean, but you also could argue that the reason they actually are being so nice and they are genuinely excited for him is that maybe he won't show up as much. <laughs> right, maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> they know his gist is like, you know, he's got nobody else, so he has to come a call in for his most, you know... Well, it's not even his most recent ex-wife, so... No. You know, but the other one's a child. She can't be, uh, you know, helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah i mean that is it is a plot hole and it's it's part of the conceit of this episode right it's like oh they are happy for him and it's i don't know part of that too to me reads as you know the entirety of dorothy and stan's relationship which is like he is a part of her life and he always will be and it's just like that's just kind of how it's gotta be within reason there are certainly parts where you know she's a little too kind to him but Dorothy, I'm sorry, you know, Rose and Blanche being Dorothy's best friends sort of understand that and in a way are just like, yep, yeah, like that it stands around, whatever. <laughs> We're going to do yeah. this. I mean, I think so there's part of that going on here, I think. But, you know, it's, it's, it is very silly. He's <laughs> just yeah. like, you don't have to help him with this shit. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Even that I could overlook if he had a good body. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> Oh boy. How about the um designing women knock? Oh my god, I know. 
so like um there's a couple of those i i they really come out of the woodwork swinging at um dixie carter <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god that's really pretty great i love that um, joke though i love that line <laughs> i know i know <laughs> It's kind of like the stable Mabel one, you know, where she's yeah. like rattling off everything that she's survived. Which I also love. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's really great. So in that, so in that scene, right, she, she comes to, and then I just love where Dorothy's like saying, you know, he's showing me that special part of himself. And right oh there in the waiter, <laughs> the way that Blanche grabs Rose's shoulders in this like, oh, you poor, sweet, naive thing. You know, like, it's it just, again, the physicality of that moment is made so wonderful just by this kind of soft, like, silent groan of a gesture <laughs> that she embraces Rose. is great. But I also think in that scene, Dorothy, who was literally just thinking that her mother was going to die might refrain that she's still in love with the ex-husband that her mother hates while she's literally recovering. Like It just seems like a very poor choice, you know, talking about shocking the elderly, of just being <laughs> like, oh, Ma, now that you survived and I'm really happy to see you. Anyway, I'm just going to tell you something that's going to make your blood pressure go up. <laughs> right. And Dorothy is not the kind of person who would, I, I well, I, you know, obviously she would, I could see her getting emotional, being vulnerable and, and having her moment, but I yeah. always felt like her moment would be much shorter than this episode makes it out to be. Like she does kind yeah. of have that like come to Jesus thing at the end with Catherine when she's like, oh, I think she would realize her time with him was over, yeah. yada, yada. But I actually think like Dorothy would right away be like, you know what? I was so scared. And so, yeah. you know, like, tormented by the possibility of Sophia dying that like I thought I was in love with him but I think she would know right away that that's not what it was you mean I like guess? it would be like a morning after kind of thing right where she'd be like oh I gotta come to my senses like yeah last night I don't I got think it would wild. take that long like I don't right. think she would you know um but in my notes from this part Rose um says that Dorothy's acting adolescent which I thought was a really <laughs> interesting insult choice and very like um poignant yeah. But then she says, like, two weeks later, like, Dorothy's acting like a real goober, which I also yeah, think I know. is great. <laughs> and the way that Dorothy slides her chair, the chair over to her. Yeah. It's so, cool. it's so <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. And just, it's, um, I, I really, I agree with you on the whole, like, she would sort of, quote, unquote, snap out of it a little bit. Yeah, sooner. exactly. <laughs> You know, and yeah, like, obviously, yeah, everybody gets vulnerable, making mistakes or like just misreading signals, especially when you are literally not sleeping, overcome with grief in a hospital. <laughs> I mean, that's right. like recipe for your brain to get fucked up. But yeah, I think it does stretch out a little bit, <laughs> a little bit longer, right. you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the rose and adolescent and goober and then the whole line of like oh gee i hadn't counted on this she makes good sense <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it makes me die every time it's such a great twist of like what you actually think is going to happen yeah um but that's that seems really well written but man the suicide hotline line is dark Ooh, it's like the second time they've referred to that <laughs> it's like jesus no i was like is this obviously it's an of the time sort of thing but yeah. oh man no I, know. I, I don't like it <clears throat> not at all um yeah you just like 
you like sort of laugh along with the audience and then you're like oh wait wait if i just like barely scratch the surface of that joke that's really fucked up yeah like, for sure. um the only other comment i have that we haven't covered yet is the scene in the hotel room which you know big budget woo yeah. Hotel, um, yeah that seems to be a recreation of the set of the hotel room that uh, dorothy and glenn o'brien go to but um in the daytime mm-hmm. but um and you know probably glenn's apartment later on or whatever <laughs> but i i love how that entire scene it really actually mirrors the pilot episode where they're all like physically whisking someone away at a wedding to prevent them from saying something to ruin the wedding wow i hadn't put that together it just hit me in this rewatch wow. <laughs> it really did because there's a lot of this, like, is the wedding still on? And, like, you know, just, like, physical, like, you know, I got to get something off my chest. I agree, you know. And like, Oh, my just, God, yeah, you're so right. It's, like, it's very similar. And it's a wedding, too. I, thought, I was like, how have I not noticed that before? It was really kind of fascinating. So yeah. I would be, I'd be interested if, if folks uh, listening to this also thought the same. And you should, you should tweet at Enough Wicker so you can tell uh, us if, if, if you're like, yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, that's it. That's the TLDR of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. But anyway, I, I think it's great. I think, to your point, even though it is probably stretched out more, you know, like 72-ish hours <laughs> beyond yeah. what maybe Dorothy would uh, would do. Um, well, actually, not 72-ish. I mean, it's probably, what, like six days? Yeah. Five or six days, depending. Um right. I, I do think the whole speech at the end makes up for it. I think it's really mature and well-written and reasoned. And then, the, as we said, the delivery of, like, the bar and talking to the audience directly, not having to look at Catherine, like, all of the above is just really magnificent. Mm-hmm. It's well done. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else? No, that's it. All right. Well, join us next time. We're going to talk about uh, velvet paintings, mimes, and the benefits of hot water and oat bran. (laughs) (laughs) Take care. R.I.P. Betty.